Hello and welcome to the Twinkle Trainee Teachers and ECTs podcast. My name's Simeon. I was a primary teacher for eight years. I taught in year one, two, then year three, four. I was a maths lead and towards the end of my career, I was a student teacher mentor. That was one of my favorite things in all my teaching career. And I am just so happy I get to work at Twinkle and help trainee teachers and ECTs go into the classroom feeling confident. And hi, my name's Ashley. I'm also a former primary school teacher. I work predominantly in Key Stage 2 in Year 4 and Year 5. And I've recently joined the Twinkle team and I am loving helping all of you trainees and ECTs out there to get you feeling confident and uh, with any support that you need for the classroom. Today's show is all about mentors. We'll be discussing trainee teacher mentors and ECT mentors, what the difference is and what the role is what it entails and how you can get on well with your mentor and hopefully how you can deal with any problems we also have an interview from a special guest josh who is a tiktok teacher with over 1.4 million views i'm really excited about that one it's gonna be fantastic it's a really really good interview so you can find us on many social media channels guys you can find us on Facebook at Twinkle Trainee Teachers and we also have a page dedicated for ECTs. That is the Twinkle ECTs and NQTs Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter at Trainee Twinkle. You can find us on Instagram at Twinkle Trainee Teachers. We are also on TikTok under Twinkle Trainee Teachers and this po- podcast will be going out on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Music and many, many more. Right, so Ashley, before we begin today, I wanted to just touch base on a few of the things that we've had going on recently and say thank you to people who listened to our last podcast on personal statements, first of all, because we've had people sending us their personal statements. And I have to say, everyone, I think, has followed the guidelines. All the ones I've read, they have. Yeah. Yeah. They've been really good personal statements. And what's even better is two people have emailed me since then to say they've, since taking our advice, they've got an interview. Uh, So that's lovely to hear. And if that does happen to you, please let us know because we get so excited. Definitely. We really do. Um, So if you weren't aware, you can send us your personal statement. I'll try and put the link in this episode. But if you go to our personal statements episode, the link for the form is down there. We also have mock interviews and support sessions happening weekly now. Ashley, would you like to explain those? Yeah. So the mock interviews, you can sign up for a session and you will have, I think it's two of us at the moment, um, will be asking you some questions that you may be coming across in your teacher interviews. It's very informal. You can ask us questions. You can ask us um, to go into more detail or anything like that. And we can give you a little bit of feedback of how you come across and how you answer the questions. So it's really beneficial. Oh, and I should just say, when we say teacher interviews, we mean teacher job interviews, not for a PGCE course. Yes. 
Yeah. Yes. Um, and the support sessions is anything teacher job related that you need or just your PG, uh, your PGCE or your ECT induction, anything that you need support with, whether it's behavior management techniques or assessment for learning, anything you can think of that you're wanting a little bit of support and a little bit of guidance, you can come ask us some questions and we can give you as much advice as we possibly can. So they're really, really good sessions and it might be useful for you to sign up to one of those. I think it's a terrific opportunity. I don't know how long we'll be able to do it. So I would take advantage while while you can. Um, Now, one more thing before we kick off. Ashley and Donna host a weekly live session on Facebook. It's fantastic. It's really informative. I don't know how many people know about it. Ashley, would you mind telling the listeners a little about your live sessions? Yeah, I'd love to. So yeah, on a Thursday night at half past seven, On both of our Facebook pages, so on either of them, you can watch a live video and they are on a variety of aspects of teaching. So um, recently we've done report writing, we've done one on the early career framework, on the ECT induction. And the next couple are really quite interesting because we are doing an assessment series to match, obviously, what is a very crazy assessment period in teaching in May and in the summer term. So this week coming up, we are doing key stage two SATs, and then we are going to do lots of different ones. So the key stage one, year two SATs, we're doing the phonics check, we're doing the times tables, we're doing formative and summative assessments. So lots and lots of things going on, but they are at on a Thursday night at half past seven and they're about 15 minutes and if you do watch please comment it's it's <laughs> lo- again it's just lovely to get your feedback and actually talk to you and hear, hear comments from real watchers and listeners it definitely is so we said today's podcast is all on mentors and mentoring now this was one of my favorite things I did in my teaching career I think I said at the top of the show um, so I'm really excited about this now I should point out I was a trainee teacher mentor not an ECT mentor because that role did not exist mm-hmm. at the time but we will be discussing the difference Josh is a trainee mentor but he has he liaises Mm-hmm. with does, his yeah. ECT mentor. So he, he's got some good insights too for us. So uh, I'm looking at our schedule. I think I'm first. And I thought I'd start by explaining what a mentor does. A mentor's role is to support one or more trainees. I used to have two at a time as they begin their teaching career. Um, we can offer guidance on anything from planning, teaching, behavior management, liaising with your support staff, working with parents, building relationships with children, basically anything you need help with, hopefully your placement teacher will be there to help you. They will have paperwork to fill out. They'll have to conduct observations. Sometimes they'll be conducted jointly with the staff from your course, with your course mentor, or depending on which course you're on, that might be done differently, but usually there's some kind of joint observation. Uh, They will need to look at your folders and certain paperwork and sign things off. And when I was doing it, part of the role was having a weekly meeting and setting targets together. So it should be a very kind of supportive and collaborative role. It doesn't always work out that way, but that's, that's the aim, I think. Yeah, definitely. So, Ashley. Yeah. Do you want me to go on to expectations at the moment? Yeah, is that heart? okay? Yeah, no. I think I think the main one that I would like to put out there for you all um, is give everything a go. 
I think I think I mentor, they won't expect you to do this straight away, but they would be wanting you to do it. They want you to jump in straight away and just get involved with all aspects of teaching as much as you can. Obviously, on placement one, you won't be doing as much teaching. Um, but at the time of the year that we're at now, you'll be on your second placement or if you are an ECT, um, you will have been through this process. Um, and it's just to give things a go, try out different lessons, try out different ideas, just be a bit experimental because I think your mentor would love to see that and to see your passion um, and to see your enthusiasm for teaching. And that goes hand in hand with my next one, which is whatever you do, be reflective. And your mentor is going to really help you doing that. And I'm sure that you had trainees, Simeon, that were reflective or you had to help them with that process. Yeah, the common thing with trainees, I think, is they're too hard on themselves. Yeah. If if something goes wrong, and it will go wrong, yeah. um, as an experience, I, I was I've been teaching for eight years, and things went wrong for me all the time. So as a trainee, you have to expect that things go wrong, and your mentor should not be making you feel bad about that. Yeah. Really, it, they but they should be encouraging you to reflect on it and express what you would do differently next time. Mm-hmm. That's that's the key thing. Yeah, definitely. At the end of the day, guys, especially in your training year, you are learning, you're not going to get it all right. And it's great for you to be able to look back on it and to think, right, okay, I would change that. And then the next lesson, showing that you've been reflected and reflective and trying to make changes that you and your mentor have identified. And I think going along with that as well is being able to accept advice. It can be really oh, yeah. hard to have put your heart and soul and many, many hours in your training year into your lesson plans. And then if it doesn't go wrong, if it doesn't go right, to then be told how to improve it, it can be quite hard and you might automatically feel a little bit defensive, but they are there to help you and they are there to help you progress. And I think if you look at it in that way, you'll improve a lot quicker. Yeah, that's that's another really common thing. Most of the trainees I've had have been incredibly hardworking, incredibly conscientious, really wanting to do well, studying what I do closely. And then it can almost be a bit frustrating when they put 100% effort in, 110%, and things still don't quite go how they, they want or they envision. So um, that feedback can be a bitter pill to swallow sometimes, yeah. but it's it's always meant to be constructive and helpful. I think from almost every mentor I've ever talked to. Yeah, any that I've ever come across, it's always been that way. Um, and they're, they're just trying to help. And I think my last one of, of what is potentially expected of you as trainees is to try and be as proactive and to give as much input as you possibly can in the process. So I remember sitting down with my mentor in the first couple of weeks and just observing them planning, not really knowing what the process was or how to do it. And I was just observing, absorbing that information. And then once I could, and once I felt confident, I was giving input, I was giving suggestions of, oh, we could do something this way, or, oh, this might be quite cool. Oh, oh, we could get outside doing this. Or should we do this in a practical way? Just trying to give a little bit of input. It just makes you look like you're really trying and you're putting a lot of effort in and you're putting a lot of thought into it because it is a very tricky year and it, it can be hard to feel like you're getting your feet under the table. And I think by those little conversations, those weekly meetings, those planning sessions, if you can start to put an input into the process, you will start feeling more confident and more part of the class and established as a, as a teacher in that classroom. 
Yeah, I think so. And trainees I've had who especially did well, usually the first couple of days they were talking to the children a lot. They were mm. volunteering to do things like tidy up, read stories, just mm-hmm. any way they could be involved. They wanted to be involved. And as Ashley said, asking lots of questions, observing everything and just really trying to pick up as much as they can. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, now I've got an interesting one dealing with issues. So, <laughs> but it's funny because I, when you're mentoring, you go to a big room before you even get your mentee full of teachers who are also mentoring and the university staff, and they talk you through what they would expect. Yeah. And even, even teachers who've been doing it for 10 years will usually come to that in case something's changed. So you get to talk about all the paperwork you're expected to do. You get a big folder of paperwork to take away with you. And then at the end, you get to meet your mentees. It's how it happened to me. So okay. it, sh- it should be fairly issue free, but I would be lying if I had not said that I have heard of people having their training years wrecked by having a, a difficult relationship with a mentor. It does happen. So there is an issue for whatever reason. And in a minute, we'll give you some tips on how to make a good impression and how you can probably head off any issues before they happen. But really, I think it's best to try and speak to the person directly first before you do anything else. Even if you don't think they're going to hear you out, I I would regard that as a professional courtesy. Yes. Because if you go to a head teacher straight away behind a teacher's back almost without talking to them, that could really damage your relationship i think unless it unless it's something so personal you don't feel you could discuss it with them but for for most small issues talk to the person first then maybe talk to your university mentor and if things are not getting better then it might be time to talk to an slt member or a teacher you trust at that school uh, hopefully things wouldn't progress that far do you have anything on that, Ashley? Yeah, and the thing I think it can be hard as well because y- you need to be able to sort of look at what the issues are. Um, and because I remember when I was a trainee, my two mentors were very, very different. So my first mentor was in year six. He was quite um, rigid with his behaviour management, and there were certain things that he wanted to see in his classroom, which didn't necessarily align completely with my how I would be as a teacher myself but I had to adapt to that and I had to look at that and that was not him in any way being awkward or trying to cause issues that was just the type of teacher that he was and I knew that I had to almost mimic his teaching style during that placement when I went to a second placement my mentor was very different again and I think sometimes it's it's easy to see that there's issues, whereas really it's just a case of being flexible with your training. You're taking on different styles, taking on different ways of working and seeing and learning what style suits you as well. And I'm not saying that like you won't have issues with mentors. You might do, but it would be trying to sort of step back and assess the situation first. I wouldn't have gone and, and spoken to him about having an issue with how he taught because he was a successful teacher and he had a fantastic class and he but it was just wasn't how I personally would have taught. But that was something that I just had to adapt to and, and learn from. Yeah. And looking at it from the mentor's point of view, they are still responsible for yeah. the results their class get. So it, it's not as though if you take over and things go wrong, the head teacher will say to them, oh, don't worry about it. You know, they, they will still be regarded as being mm-hmm. responsible. So that might be why some mentors can be very 
strict about how they want you to do things and and um you might feel like you've not got a lot of flexibility but that's what you will get in your first year of teaching hopefully definitely and like i say in my example i was in year six there was a lot of pressure on that and at the end of the day they were going to be doing their sats at the end of the year regardless of my performance as a trainee so i needed to be at a certain standard and and that can be quite scary at times but yeah, I wouldn't have said that that was an issue, but I could see how other people might have viewed that situation um, as difficult. Yeah. The the one other thing I'll say on this before we move on, because I don't really want to scare anyone, it's worth bearing in mind, this is a rarity, but not every teacher who gets a mentee will have asked for one or <laughs> wanted one. Yeah. No, that, that's true. It happened to me. Mm. My, my teacher on my first placement, and we ended up becoming very good friends, on my first day, I came in and she told me point blank she didn't want a mentee. Her last one didn't do what she asked. They didn't get on. Um, she was very unimpressed with his work ethic. And I I, I was left thinking, oh, no, what, what am I going to do? But actually, uh, you know, I, I saw what the issue was. She she wanted someone who was going to work hard. So I made a, a real effort to show her I was very hard working the first few weeks. And we ended up actually becoming friends outside of work um but she she was made to have a mentee and Mm -hmm. i i don't think that was right but it does happen it does it does definitely shall we move on to something happier yeah let's be positive so (laughs) so um i'm going to be talking through how you can as a trainee or an ect going into your ect induction how you can make a good impression um, and the first one, Simeon has actually just briefly mentioned a few of them on my list. Um, but the first one that I would say is getting involved. So straight away, you might be nervous. You might you won't know who your mentor is really. You're getting to know them, but get involved with the classroom. Help out around the classroom. Tidy up. Get you If they need you to guillotine resources for them do that as as silly as it sounds those little gestures can go a long long way and with that get involved with the class and yeah yeah yeah. absolutely speak to them see what they are find out what the names are and try to remember them i know it can take a long time but try to and it just it makes a huge impression on the teacher but it also makes a huge impression on the children and they will really appreciate that you are getting to know them because you are going to be a huge celebrity when you first go into that classroom. You're someone new. The children will all be so interested about you. Get talking to them. See if they need any help or support in their lessons or anything like that. So I think that's really, really good. Yeah. The next one. Next oh, sorry. Two. No, was- it's all right. Go, go, go. I was just going to add, you could also volunteer to work with a group mm. because even just having an adult body there can be helpful even if you don't do very much teaching just sitting with a group can be really helpful from a behavior management standpoint oh definitely and it can be daunting i remember being really quite nervous to do that to begin with but that's where you ask questions of your mentor if you are going to be working with a group what are you expecting this group to be able to do asking those questions so you know what you're expected to do in there as that sort of body that that adult at that group The next two are fairly obvious, but I still need to say them. Be on time. So make sure that you're not late. And also 
as as teachers being on time is kind of late sometimes lots of teachers get in very very early you're not expected to do that on your first day as you don't know when your mentor gets in but i would be making sure that you are in early enough that you can get prepared get the resources sorted and it just really shows willing if you're walking in at half past eight in the morning and school starts at quarter two you haven't got time to do anything really probably just put your coat away and nip to the toilet before the children come in it's not the best impression Yep, and senior leadership team will notice. Mm -hmm. And the other thing they'll notice is leaving too soon. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you had that on your list, Ashley. I did. I did. And I had to, I actually had to have, um, I was, I was spoken to about that on my first placement because I had to get the train to school and back. And I ended up leaving about half four every day to get the train. And it was a case of, I thought that was fine to begin with, didn't think anything of it. I was, you know, under the impression that would be okay. And I remember being spoken to sort of just, you know, you might need to stay a little bit later or come in a little bit earlier. And I had to be a bit more flexible with which trains I caught. And that was fine. And it was great that I was spoken to pretty early on. But yeah, that was something that I had to learn pretty quick. Um, The next one, be prepared. Make sure if you're teaching, you have you have your planning. There was a school when I, I was doing my NQT year that there was a trainee who didn't do lesson plans didn't wasn't a great impression and that was quickly sort of spoken about and that had to change um so it does happen but just make sure that you are as prepared as possible and you have all your resources and your lesson plans ready to send to your mentor in a timely fashion so they can check over and make sure that you've included everything that you need to or that they can help you and improve that lesson plan or give you a bit of advice if you're rocking up in the morning and then hand them the lesson plan then and there there's no time for them to check over it and to guide you on what a lesson plan should look like or what you can include in there and my last one which i think can sometimes be overlooked but be polite to everyone that you come in contact yes. with and when i mean i mean everyone that you come into contact with not just teaching staff make sure that you, the you know the the lunchtime um, supervisors the cleaners the caretakers the people who work in the office all these little relationships and how you conduct yourself with those adults will show the type of person that you are so if you are only polite to teachers and um not so to to other staff in that school that that will be noticed and and that isn't a good impression for you to have so just make sure please and thank yous greet people in the morning see if they're okay if you're coming in after a weekend oh did you have a nice weekend same thing with half terms just those little bits of conversation it goes a long way and you will find that the staff that aren't necessarily the teaching staff are some of the most important ones in that school and you want them on side yeah, I mean, you'll probably find that the TA in your class is higher on the pecking order than you yeah. when you come in in a lot of ways because yeah. they'll have a relationship with the teacher established and they'll they'll have their ear. Mm-hmm. Um, could I add, you should offer to come to a staff meeting if no one makes it clear whether whether you should or not offer because mm-hmm. I've, I've had that happen to trainees. It's really unfair. No one told them they should come to the staff meeting. I didn't particularly need them there. So I sent them home and then the rest of the staff were like, oh, they're not, they're, they're not coming to the meeting. I said, well, they'll come next time. Um, <laughs> so I, I just offer 
because I've seen that go go wrong for other people as well, not just me. <laughs> and um, did did you talk about dressing professionally? I didn't, but yes, that is is definitely something. So yeah, be be appropriate. Make sure that you are covered up. Normally, a school will have a um, a dress code or some sort of um, way that the head teacher sort of the, there's certain items of clothing that are just not accepted. Some schools are more flexible when it comes to summer, um, but I remember the schools that I've worked at, all the um, strappy vest tops are a complete no-no, but some schools allowed um, the women to wear like jumpsuit type things in the summer, others not so much. Some schools allow um, men to wear more sort of polo shirts in the summer, but be checking and make sure that you are appropriate. And I would say to begin with, dress quite formally for work to to begin with and then you can sort of judge and you can ask those questions and you can see how everyone else is dressing to um, as, as soon as you're getting comfortable in that school yeah absolutely right so um are we on to oh no actually we're not we're not okay I, I thought we were going to do my warnings but we'll, <laughs> we'll wait for that so ashley how mm. is an ect mentor different than a mentor you might get on your training course yeah so th there are some differences but it's a very similar role in the way of what they're there to do so they are still there to give you guidance and support and if you are looking into further developing anything they might um they might organize you to go and observe a different classroom or they might give you some actual sort of um not a lecture but style but they will be teaching you certain aspects of teaching that you might feel that you need to improve on Obviously, you are still working towards the teaching standards in your ECT year, similar to your um, PGC or trainee year. So you will still be looking at the same sort of targets. You'll just be trying to develop them further and progress further. And that's what your mentor is there. They are your support network. They will also be doing regular informal observations of you, similar to your initial teacher training, and they will be providing you with feedback and they will be setting targets, again, similar to the initial teacher training. One of the main differences is that the ECT induction is two years. So your mentor will be with you for two years if you stay in the same school for the entirety of your ECT induction, whereas your initial teacher training, they are there just for one year. With your ECT induction, you will have an ECT induction tutor and they will be ones doing your formal observations. They will not be the same person as your mentor unless there are special circumstances such as your school is really quite small and they don't have the staff. But usually your formal observations that you will have twice throughout your ECT induction will be done by your induction tutor or your head teacher. So your mentor will not be involved in those, in the actual observation, but they will be there to sit with you afterwards and to talk through any of the notes or advice or guidance that you've been given. And yeah, they're just there to be a regular mentor, to give you mentoring whenever you need it. They're the person that you go to and ask for support, or if you're having issues, or you just need a bit of a shoulder to cry on sometimes if you're going through it your mentor is that person so they are very very similar to your initial um teacher training mentor but they're there for a longer period one thing i've noticed that may be different is i believe ect mentors have a certain amount of training they have to go on yeah. and some forms they have to fill out 
Um, from what I've seen on Twitter, not all the mentors are happy with the forms, but um, it is a work in progress. This is the first year it's been rolled out. Yeah, it is It is quite a bit of a workload for an ECT mentor. There is a lot for them to do. They they are meant to have time off timetable to do these, um, but I know that there has been um, a few instances um, where mentors have said that they haven't been able to, to get that time, just especially with constraints at the moment with staff absences and things like that. It's a very, very tricky time for an ECT or trainee and their mentors as well. It's a lot of work. There's a lot, there is a lot of pressure and it's just a difficult time to be in education at the moment with the pandemic still rearing its head every now and again. Absolutely. So I thought we'd finish off this section. I, I had warnings written down. I think that might be too strong. Um, I'm, I'm just going to say things to watch out for. Um, the, these could help you head off issues before they happen. So Ashley, feel free to chime in okay. and see what you think. So you've already touched on this. Uh, the first impression is really, really important. It's okay. crucial you're professional that first day in school because as soon as you go home, the head teacher will probably pay a visit to your teacher and say, how was your trainee? How was yeah. your mentee? That certainly happened to me every single year I had trainees. Okay, yeah. So it won't just be your teacher, it will be the head teacher. And in meetings probably the rest of the staff will ask about you they'll they'll want to meet you that that was one thing i didn't realize when i was a mentor um the other staff were quite oh yeah we want to talk to them we want them to come into our <laughs> class they, they felt like i was hogging my mentee a bit so you might you might you might be in demand you might need to go and talk to lots of other staff so that that's something you can get on top of right away make a good impression with the head teacher talk to the other teachers in the staff room and really try and be open, uh, maybe ask your teacher if you can observe some of the other classes mm. as well. It's really beneficial as well to get and see different classes. So definitely try and get some observations. Yeah. Now, this one I shouldn't have to say, but it happened to me and it, it was not a pleasant experience. Your role is to observe other teachers, not to critique their teaching. Okay. Now, I, I will say this, when you're in a school, you will see other teachers doing things you don't agree with. Mm -hmm. It might be, like Ashley said earlier, it might just be a style thing. You know, mm -hmm. Stylistically, yeah. they're different to you, but you accept that... Uh, you accept that they still get good results. Yep. It might be a bit stronger than that. You might think, oh, I wouldn't say that to a child. Unless it's full on crossing some kind of line, you are not to critique a, a teacher that that goes beyond professional bounds and it will make your relationship very difficult going forward okay you're, you're absolutely within your rights to think that and note it down and say well i'm not going to do that when i'm a teacher mm. mentally note it down don't write it down but um your your role really is to see people take the good bits take as many good things as you can and always thank someone for yeah. letting them observe you because it is stressful. It, it, mm. It's always stressful being observed, even for an experienced teacher to let someone new into their classroom um, because we want to help and we want you to see some value in our teaching. So it could really hurt someone actually if you turn around and say, well, I wouldn't do it like that. Mm. Yeah. And all teachers are nervous as well, aren't they? You know, we, we all have doubts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, I wouldn't mention that one, but I have seen it happen. Okay. Um, so the other, the other thing that can rub people the wrong way is the super keen trainee. 
And this one's a bit sad because it's someone who's very well-meaning, um, usually a high flyer, usually doing very well on the course, but they come in with all these ideas of how they're going to change the school. And I've even seen trainees offer to give the rest of the staff training. And that's a, that's a bit too, that's coming on too strong. Yeah. At the start. Just a little bit. Just a little. Like Ashley said, offering ideas is great, especially with planning and things. That shows you're really interested. But offering, uh, oh, I've got this brilliant new way of teaching phonics. Why don't I show you how? Could rub some teachers the wrong way. You've got to be a bit careful. Yeah, and if, and if it's something that you've recently learned in university and you think it is fantastic and it's it's the new the new thing, the new trend, then, you know, you could have quiet words with your mentor about it and say, oh, I've got this, you know, join my lesson. Is it okay if I try it out for the first five minutes or something? And obviously yeah. then your mentor can make decisions on, you know, something that they might want to spread the word, but don't take that on yourself. Is that, yeah. Yeah, there's a subtle difference between offering to show someone something cool you've learned and sort of offering to train them because they need help. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, it's uh, one one one's great and the other's not so good, right? And um, on the warning, I think we've covered most of these. Mm. Keeping your keeping your paperwork up to date is really important because that that can create a headache for your mentor. If your paperwork's not up to date, then the mentor will have to talk with your university mentor and then extra things could have to be put in place, which means more work for them. And um, generally it's, it's a good idea to just keep everything up to date, keep your planning in your folder. Don't worry if it's a bit of a mess, that can be sorted. What I'm talking about here is if we looked at your folder at the end of a half term and there was nothing in there. Mm. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, I don't don't worry if you've missed the odd thing or it's not quite organized because that's something you could do in an afternoon. This is if you've if you're leaving serious gaps in your paperwork, that will not only come back to haunt you, that will also be a problem for your teaching mentor and your university mentor as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think I'll do one more. Um I mean say, saying these, I I this is really a minority of people. Most of the trainees I had, this was not an issue. Um, if you can, volunteer for a playground duty or to go out after school with the children, depending on which age range you're working with. I was working with primary, but that's a great way to build relationships with the children and start getting involved with parents. Um and again, it can head off potential issues because sometimes trainees are asked to do a parents' evening or write reports. So knowing the parents a little bit can really come in handy later. No, I, I completely agree. And I think I think definitely with the break the break duty one, it's it's just fantastic to, to do. Obviously not when it's raining and cold. You might not be loving the idea of it at that point. Um but it's great to see the children outside of the classroom and to see them in you know, their natural environment of running around and doing different silly things together. It's great to see that other side of it. But also, it's just really a great way to show that you are wanting to be a part of the school as well and wanting to get involved in all areas. And the teacher will really appreciate it if you do a break duty, as it means that they might be able to go to the toilet without being interrupted every two minutes. (laughs) They will appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I should think if you're polite and professional and trying your best, you will get on with 95% yeah. of 
of people in teaching but as as we've touched on and as we all know teaching can be stressful sometimes even experienced teachers can have bad days and you might have to if someone's been nice to you the rest of the time and had one bad day you might have to chalk that up to the stress of teaching and kind of try and talk to them and smooth things out mm-hmm. it might not be anything to do with you or anything you've done no, definitely. And we're not trying to scare you with these tips as well. You will be doing most of these naturally. You will not need to be you know, told these things, but we want to put them out there for you just so that we can troubleshoot for you and you can, you know exactly how to go in on that first day and on those placements. I, I think we should go to our interview with Josh and you will see how lovely he is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, he, he is an absolutely fantastic mentor, so positive. Um, yeah, let, let's go to it. Welcome back to the Twinkle Trainee to ECT podcast. Now we're here with Josh, who is, I would say, quite famous on TikTok. Would you say you're TikTok famous now? Over 1.4 million likes for your videos. Oh gosh, I, I, I don't know about the famous part, but de- definite, definitely a nice, nice following. It's um, no, so thank you for having me on on the podcast. It's really lovely. Uh, first and foremost, yeah, no, I'm. For, for me, my, my TikTok handle is uh, Mr. A underscore the primary teacher. And it started, gosh, around two years ago, year and a bit ago during lockdown, where I was actually a supply teacher. And um, I thought, let's shed some light about the profession. And I started making some jokes on there and th- things steamrolled. And h- here we are today. And are your, is your school quite happy with you having the TikToks? I know that can be an issue for many teachers trying to get into that um, side of social media. Um, so have you faced any sort of issues with that I, th- I think we had a few hiccups at the beginning so um original head teachers we i think it was just getting them on board and actually when i was showing them what i was creating it was kind of a light-hearted this is it's just a few jokes around what we're doing but actually i'm supporting some people at the same time because i was starting to get lots of messages from training teachers and other teachers just in the profession just asking for a bit of support or am i in the same boat as as you at the moment and I'm only a fourth year teacher so I don't know all the answers but seeing sometimes people seem seem to think I do um however now chair of governors is on board um the staff know I'm filming they, and they even when I'm filming at school and it's always after school always when there's no children about um they'll, they'll try and pop their heads in and, and have a little look <laughs> just to try and get involved so that that's really nice of them and then they, they see it as a bit of a laugh as well that's lovely. The reason we got you on today is because you're a trainee teacher mentor as well as a TikToker. So that's a really nice combination for us because you do all this extra supporting people online and you're still doing your day job. Um, just before we get into questions, I wonder, how do you find balancing all of that? It, it, it's tricky. I'm, I'm quite, a, quite a structured person outside of work anyway. So for me, I was, I've always been quite good at organizing myself however however t- taking on the extra mentoring role um it, it holds cl- a close place in my heart from when, from when i was at high school as well and i and i had some counseling when i was at high school and i've always wanted to help people the way somebody helped me so actually i don't see it as an extra an extra kind of burden on me i see it as this is just an opportunity that i take on and actually especially having my trainee at the moment she's amazing doing a wonderful job um actually it allows me to sit back and learn a bit from her as well so, so that's really nice. Oh, that's amazing. So, Simeon, should we jump straight into questions? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, let's ask some questions. Let's go for it. Perfect. Um, so mine is, is quite a nice one. It's what is your favourite part of being a mentor? So what makes you 
What's the, yeah, what's the best bit about it? Um, oh, there's so there's so many moments. Um, it's it, for me, it's that journey. It's the case of when when you see a a, um, a student teacher, ECT, whatever, when they come in in their first couple of moments, and you just see that that progression. It's almost like your students in your class. I mean, I teach my year ones at the moment, what five, six year olds, and you see them at the start of the year, and they're already ready to leave me at this point. <laughs> and 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 I get I get the same sense with like my training teacher and the ECT that I, that I work with. Um, it's a sense of actually you see them grow, their confidence builds. And actually, although they come back for the odd questions here and there, the difference from that start of the year to now is a complete change. And it's really lovely to see. So that's what kind of what I really enjoy. Amazing. That's really nice. I've often thought that having a good mentor can kind of make or break a training year. And usually when I hear a story from someone who's not having a good time, it's because they're having a hard time getting on with their mentor. So what would you expect from a trainee teacher coming into your classroom? So for a trainee teacher coming into the classroom, I would, you have the professionalism. I always I, I say, I say, to, say to my trainees, be brave. That is the main thing. I say to the children in my class, be, be brave, have a go. It's not the end of the world. We know as teachers, there you have lessons which they, they really don't go how you wanted to. You'll be halfway through a lesson, you'll be looking at what's going on and think, oh my goodness, what is happening? And it's a case of just bringing them back and starting again. These We have these days. And I, I found it from myself, and I actually I look at some of the trainee teachers at the same time, and I can see parts of me, well, how I used to react into them. So if a lesson's gone bad, I'd, I'd take it really personally. I, it would hang on me. Um, but for... For me, somebody something that I'd expect, some somebody just to have a go, be brave. And if things don't go well, it will be fine. There's always a new day and you can just learn from it. And it's all about reflecting. That That's just really nice to hear because I know that's going to put a lot of trainees that are, are listening to this podcast, put their mind at rest. And people, hopefully, if they're listening before they're wanting to go into the teaching career, it sounds really nice to be in such a supportive environment. Um yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's really good to hear. And like Simeon said, it's not always the case, but it is. It's really nice if you know putting the mind at rest. Um, my next one is: so, with you having a trainee in your class, what is a typical day looking like for for you as a mentor and and for for the trainee in your class as well? What what kind of what goes on in the day? So, really, it stems from. Uh, the whole day is built around the week before. So we have our meeting, so I'll set up and, and we'll discuss how the week's gone. What could we work on? Uh, is there anything like voice projection in the classroom? How we go, How we? am I going to support the, the trainee to be able to give them the opportunity to just practice and have a go at those little things? So we'll have that big meeting. And then throughout the, the next following week, uh, each day will be a case of let's check your planning. Are you up, are you up to speed? Uh, do you, have you got the resources ready? That, those kind of little things. Um, which make up your day and make your day smoother. Because if you're prepared, your day is so much smoother than if you're not. Um, so it's just making sure those little things are in place and then and then building on from there. And actually, you, you always have these big kind of formal meetings to reflect on what's gone on. However, I, I find, and, and hopefully my trainee finds, she seems very happy, but it's a case of those little interventions where we'll, uh, after a lesson or after a little bit of teaching in front of the class, we will have a discussion how did that go do you, were you happy with that is there anything that i could change you could change that that kind of that kind of thing so that's that's the day really is making sure that the planning plan is all in place resources are there and as the day goes on and they're taking lessons those mini little feedbacks and reflection moments um and then when you get to the end of the day 
make make the most of it <laughs> and um, just enjoy, enjoy what you've done and the difference that you've made throughout that day and then start planning for the next one. Now, I was wondering, what would you say to a trainee teacher who was having a hard time getting on with their mentor? Maybe there's some cross wires or for whatever reason, the relationship's just not as they'd like it to be. Um, it's a really tricky situation because it's natural. People get on with other people, people don't. However, I think if you're really struggling to, to make have that connection, to, to get on with your mentor and don't feel that supported, or you just need to go and speak to whoever your mentor is, if you're a university, skip whatever you're doing in that sense. Go and have a chat with them, see what they suggest first and foremost. Um, and also that you can, you can have a chat with other members of the staff in school. Uh, as in head teachers and whatnot, because they'll be in best place to to have a discussion with your me- the mentor that that you may have, and um, and hopefully you can build on from there. But there's always a way around things, and things happen for a reason as well. So th- things do get better in the long run. It's just a case you have those moments when it may be difficult. Um, but go and speak to people like like I said, people at university, skip or head teacher, etc. I really like that advice. Uh- you know, we get quite a few questions at Twinkle and often the answer is, well, have you tried talking this out with the person or going to a, a yeah. third party and maybe trying to get it mediated? Um, yeah, quite often, even in a highly caring professional environment like teaching, you know, wires can get crossed, misunderstandings happen and the added stress of teaching can make things seem bigger than they are, I think. Um, Ashley, over to you. Sorry, I'm no, no. waxing lyrical there. But. <laughs> Josh, you seem to really, really enjoy your role as a mentor and it's clear to see. Um, but why did you initially want to become a mentor? What was it that sort of drove you to, to that sort of career path? Oh, gosh. Um, I've, I've, always wanted, I've always wanted to try and make a difference, whether that's with children or with adults at the same time. Um, I, I alluded to it, to it earlier where when I said about when I was at high school, I was had some counselling, and somebody really helped me. And uh, and actually, I think I think that's that was a big big stem in where and how how and where I am today, and and my outlook on on teaching. Um, so for me, it, it was a case of I want I wanted to give something back, and I feel like supporting um, students, supporting trade teachers, ECT ECTs along their journey is just a little way to be able to do that. And like I said, I, re- I really do enjoy it. And I, if there's any other teachers listening, then I would really in- encourage them to have a go because that small difference goes a long way. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, is there anything that surprised you about being a mentor so far? Oh, gosh. Um, I think the main thing is because I've only been a teacher now for four years, so I'm still so fresh. And I still get so many things wrong. It's it, it's ridiculous, but it's, it's all part of the journey. Um, and it's actually weird seeing seeing the trainee teachers ECTs. I see a lot of myself when I was an NQT at the time and a trainee in them. So like I was, I was saying earlier how how they'll react to it after a lesson and they might take it to heart. And actually, it's that coming around, being resilient, go from there. I used to if if I had a a poor lesson um, and it didn't go quite as what I'd like it to, then I, I really used to take it to heart and actually know it's it's okay. And, and I'll sit there after a lesson with a student or whoever and say, look, these things are good. It's fine. You've, you've told me how you've reflected on it and how, well, how you can make a difference next time. 
Uh, so it's, it's all okay. So I think that surprised me. It's a weird way of seeing myself in other people. So actually, we are all, we're all going through the same thing. And it's just learning from it and taking it on board. I think that's really, really important and, and positive that you are a mentor still fresh like almost you know four years mm. you're still there you're still in the mindset of it and you like you were saying you're still learning you're still making mistakes and things and I think that's probably really important for your trainee to see that and to feel safe with that um that's amazing I keep saying the word amazing I need to think of a different adjective but um I have to say one of the first things I said to my trainee you're going to see some really good things you're going to see some bad things at times but you know as teachers you magpie you take the best bits and go from there and actually it doesn't matter if you're coming towards the end of a career, um, however long that will end up being. But it's you're always still learning and things just go on this roundabout. They keep cycling around or there's something new, a new strand, a new scheme that you, you, you just adapt to. So I, that's, that's what I said to my trainee. You're going to see some good things, you're going to see some bad things. Just take it on board. That's a really, really good attitude. I, I You keep using the word reflect, Josh, and I think that's so important because if things go wrong but you're reflective, it can actually turn out to be a positive experience. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I'm, it was really drummed into us when I was at Winchester University. They were brilliant in my, in my teacher training. They always said the biggest thing is reflection. It doesn't matter how well the, the lesson went. If you're reflecting and adapting, that, makes you, that, make, that puts you in a better position to support your children. And same for trainees, same, same for anybody who's going to the education path. I think if you're reflecting, um, that means you're a conscious, a conscious teacher. So my next question is, I know that you're a trainee mentor, but you mentioned to us earlier, you work quite closely with the ECT in your school. Um, and we have quite a few ECTs listening to the podcast and wanting a bit, a little bit of advice. Um, so I was just wondering, what would be your sort of advice or top tips for the ECT going through the ECT induction? Because I know you were the same as we, we all were NQTs, weren't we, instead of ECTs? Um, so it's slightly yeah, different. Yeah. But what would your advice be of the, the two year period now in the ECT induction? I think it is, it is a subtle, but it's a big change at the same time. That year that does make a difference. And I think it is for the right reasons and, and for good reasons. Um, the biggest part advice I'd say is use your network in your school. Talk to people. Quit, ask them a question if you get stuck. There's so many acronyms in this job that I, we all get lost. <laughs> and somebody has an answer somewhere in your school. Just say that's the biggest thing I'd say is if you're stuck or feeling a bit overwhelmed, talk to somebody, question, ask a question and say, look, I don't know what this means. Can I have some help in input in this data? I, I have no idea where to find this resource. Can you help me with this? Nobody's expecting you to be the, a finished article at the end of the day as an ECT, as, as any, however many years down the line you are. Um, but I would say the biggest thing is to ask those questions. Yeah, I think that's what they worry about, isn't it? They want they don't want to stand out there. They, they see themselves as a qualified teacher now. They want to be of the same level of every other teacher in the school. But it's the case of you're, you're still starting out. You need to use those support networks and, you know, you, you're not going to be perfect off the bat. So, yeah, that's really, really helpful. Thank you. You've kind of answered my next question as well, Josh. <laughs> I might ask a slightly different one. I, I was going to ask how, how people could have a good first year in the job, but mm. I'll, I'll I'll change this a bit because obviously workload is a big problem with teaching. And I see you, you've still got that real nice enthusiasm, that passion um, that's lovely to see in teachers. So how do you keep things balanced? Do you have any advice for people beginning their career on kind of, you know, being happy in teaching? I, th I think it's, for me, it's having a work-life balance. And, and sometimes that's really tricky balance to, to, 
to grasp, especially when you start, especially when you're training. It's it's really tricky. I, I always say to myself, in an ideal world, I'd like to get all my work done before I take it home, etc. But I plan out times at home when I will do so, some work here and there. I think once you get that work-life balance, and it is tricky uh, over your ECT years and training years, but you have the extra time, especially that half a day, um, full day we're, um, as an ECT um, in the first year, and then there's a little bit less in the second year. Um, however, use that time wisely and ju- just see every day is different and enjoy, enjoy, enjoy teaching. It's a really tricky question to answer that one. I must say that you, yeah, you blow my mind with, you know, having your mentor work, your date, your just general teaching, and then your TikToks on top. I, I do not know how you do it all. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> A little bit early get-ups, I guess. I don't, I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and th- there is one last question I wanted to ask, Josh, just because it's not on our question list, but it's one of the most commonly asked questions um, I get asked by people starting their training. And it's usually something like this happens. They see their teacher manage the class and the behaviour of the class is very, very good. And then they take over for a lesson and the behavior really slips and um, trainees get a bit worried maybe about asking the teacher for some backup. Would, would you have any advice for anyone in that kind of situation? I, I would say definitely if you feel, follow the policy that your teacher's using to try and take or take on board their strategies of classroom management. How, to, how do they really observe when you get in there, how they regain control of their class, especially if they're at their tables or if you've got the littlies, if they're at the carpet, how are you going to grab their control? Um, and then for, for me, it's about positive reinforcement a lot of the time. You have those moments where you have to be a little bit stricter, but it's about positive reinforcement. Try and build on that. But if you need help, like I was alluding to earlier, ask and say, look, can we do a team teach where actually they see us both in action at the front? They know that we're both at exactly the same respect level, if that makes sense. In the case of we're both teachers here. Yes, I'm a trainee. However, I'm teaching you, so I, I deserve the same respect at the same time. So sometimes, sometimes it could be good to do a team teach together at the front, where they see you both there in this, that, that role, and then you let go of the, It's almost like taking off a, the stabilizers on a bike, then the teacher can go, and then you, you'll have that control. But it is always a fine battle. It really is. It's really tricky. And, but just know you're making a difference. Be strong, strict, and consistent. That's really helpful. Thank you. That's a really good answer. Would you would you mind, Josh, just going over your social media handles again? Because I think people may want to get in touch with you, may want to check out your videos. Yes. Um, if you'd like to see see me make some bad teacher jokes or Zoom some skits, then that you can find me on TikTok, um, Mr. A underscore the primary teacher. And that's exactly the same for my Instagram. Feel free to send me a, a message and I'll try and get back to get, get back to people. Um, as much as possible. I, I have a lot of trainees who who send a message um, and some ECTs say, look, this is what's happening. Can you need some help? So no questions too small, no questions too big. Just ask away and I'll try my best to answer. And I've also just started a Twitter, but they don't let you have the, the same amount of characters. So it's Mr. A underscore the P teacher. Um, I'm not a P teacher, um, even though that is one of my specialisms. Um, but yeah, prime teacher. So yeah, feel free to check check them out. Oh, thank you so much for coming on and we'll make sure to retweet some of your videos. Um, yeah, I've enjoyed them so far already. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you again from me as well, Josh. Um, it's been really, really helpful and I know that a lot of people are going to gain a lot of insight from listening to this episode. 
Lovely. It's, it's been a real pleasure you having me on. And um, yeah, like I said, if anybody wants to get in contact, feel free. And yeah, thank you. You're doing a wonderful job, Simeon and Ash. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Well, I hope you all enjoyed our show today and our interview with Josh. Now, he is going to be doing TikTok Live with Hannah and Ashley, I think, soon. So watch out for that. So I'm hoping that will go out a little after mm-hmm. this podcast. It shouldn't be too long after. Yep. Now, um, shall we just wrap up by mentioning our socials again, Ashley? Is that yeah, okay? Yeah, so first of all, you can find us on Facebook. We have two pages on there. The first one is Twinkle Trainee Teachers, and the second one is Twinkle ECTs and NQTs. On Twitter, you can find us at Trainee Twinkle. On Instagram, you can see find us on Twinkle Trainee Teachers, and it's the same name, Twinkle Trainee Teachers, on TikTok. And this podcast will be going out on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Music, and many, many more. And I'll just say, if you do listen to the podcast, if you're enjoying it, or if there's anything you'd like us to cover, please do leave us a message on social media because we get very excited (laughs) when we hear someone's actually listened to the podcast. Um, Right. So thank you for listening today and we'll see you all soon. Bye. Goodbye.